we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history, as well as their queer history and community members. Well, welcome on to Loud and Queer. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chella. Thank you for having me. What an honour. Your new single, Cool To Be Queer, has like just come out. Um, like, how are you feeling now that it's finally out? Like I can rest, except I can't because I need to <laughs> answer comments and do interviews and stuff like that. But I can rest spiritually now that it's all out there. That's really nice. It's like, well, obviously, like a lot of build-up has been come to like making it cool. That's like all of that part's done. So now it's on to the promotion side, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. It almost doesn't matter what comes after you release something, I've found. Like when you're happy with what you've created, it almost doesn't matter what happens after the fact that you've just put it out there. Yeah, you know? fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, well, like obviously like music-wise, like until then, like most everyone's been listening to Delivery on repeat and everything. Um, but like what else have you been up to this year like or lately and stuff like that if you want to share that? I have a lot of different streams of things that I do. I think because I need to be busy, I'm one of those personality types. And I've also worked in the film industry since I was 19 and tried to, which come to think of it was a smart decision because music isn't that reliable all the time. It's many peaks and troughs financially and otherwise. And I got into film really early and used that as a secondary career that I would go back to when I needed it. So it's been a really good way to like survive. That's so really I've been cool. doing that a little bit this year, working in art department on Heartbreak High and I style shoots and do all sorts of other things like that. That's so cool. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I feel like is there been like you've been doing some like fashion or like designing as well? So I um designed a capsule collection of clothing in two thousand and nineteen and had them made towards the end of 2019 so it's taken a really long time to actually get them to be sold because the pandemic basically just minus that time away because I wanted to release them around the same time as releasing music but the idea behind the clothing was that I wanted to offer something that was like elevated merch that was a little bit more high production than what artists usually offer so that will be available online soon but I've been selling them at shows and things like that. Oh awesome. That's so cool. All right so keep an eye out but for now what can you tell us about Cool To Be Queer? The song came about also in 2019 when I had lunch with an old flame and um, we had had a romance I think 10 years prior and it was actually the first time in my life because I've had girlfriends since I was 13 but I mean that was kind of in private too but it never made me feel ashamed of myself in the way that this particular romance did because the other person was very much in denial of what it was and it was really confusing and I actually ended up dating males for the rest of my 20s and only in hindsight did I realize that I had been ashamed of myself for the first time and so I then wrote this song after having lunch with her and hearing her say that um, she was going on about um, what I thought about people coming out as well artists coming out as I don't want to give away her identity (laughs) which is why I'm stumbling around my words but she wanted to know what my opinion was of artists coming out as queer and non-binary and just in that one moment I realized that she would finally be comfortable with maybe coming out as queer and 
acknowledging what we'd been through for the first time. It had been shrouded in silence the entire time. We've actually been able to speak about it for the first time in the last few years, which has been beautiful. And she's aware of the song. We've had a long discussion about it and she feels terrible, but she's also really proud of the song. And yeah, uh, it came by really, really fast in a session with a couple of producers named DNA, which stands for Dave and Ant. They are really incredible, masterful producers in Sydney and they immediately jumped at the chance to write this idea. I'd just given them that little nugget of the idea, which is now you're here because it's cool to be queer. And um, we wrote it within probably an hour or so and then two sessions later the song was finished. So wow. sometimes it's like the ones that are the most quick, that are the like, I don't know, the ones that really resonate the most. I guess it's like very stream of consciousness, like you're just getting getting your thought out on the page and everything and like I guess it's kind of where a lot of great music comes from. <laughs> yeah, I think that when you overthink things, they don't resonate as well with other people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then your music video was directed by yourself and Tilly Roba is also fantastic. Mm. Um, but like it... It, and it features like a huge cast of lo- other local queer artists and like some legends behind the cameras like Sarah Jessica Carpark as art assistants. How did the clip all come together and stuff? It came about really quickly as well because I had another idea in my mind that couldn't happen very last minute. I wanted to shoot inside a mini house and so that kind of like fell through so I just quickly was like, okay, it took me a while to find a con- – usually I can trust my intuition and my vision that I can come up with a concept that I love. And I was really stuck on it. And then I'm wondering what made me think of the pink dollar. I'll have to think about that more of what sparked the idea to do something, uh, make a concept based on like as a commentary on pink dollarism and the commodification of queerness. But, you know, I think that it's a, the perfect parallel to the meaning of the song because it's – so separate from the song but also it has the same meaning where it's just broader in a sense that it's not so much about one person but it's about people taking advantage of queerness as like a whole and so after coming up with that concept I discussed it with um, Tilly and Steph who are um, they're a couple and they make lots of music videos and shorts and they're just an incredible like team and I worked with Tilly on Heartbreak High we actually drew this uh, or painted and drew the incest map together. Really? Yeah, we're the original map bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so we made this music video together and Steph produced it and it was a real family affair. We had lots of, like, family and queers in the area, neighbours, like lots of my <laughs> art assistants were just my neighbours um, who I love and who are really, really talented at, you know, art. So, yeah, we got really lucky that it was very much a neighbourly effort yeah, oh, that's incredible. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, like the the song and like the music video especially kind of comments on the kind of commodification of queerness, um, and yeah, like the being set the pink dollar being set in pink dollars, um, the kind of people like gazing into the shop front, uh, even like the start with like the film grainy intro kind of like read to me like there's this heightened sense of visibility. Mm. So yeah, I guess I was like keen to hear more of your thoughts on. Uh, how you like kind of navigate this new visibility that we have that's kind of fueled more by pinkwashing and like queer baiting than community, especially as someone who's like out in the public. It's so complex, isn't it? I'm glad that you got that from the video. I think that it makes it easier but also harder because authenticity is becoming less uh, valuable and less visible, whereas queerness is becoming 
more acceptable and more normalized. So there are pros and cons to, to it. But obviously there are lots of disingenuous corporations and such that are making money off our identity. So, yeah, it doesn't feel good in that sense, but I think as an optimist at heart, I do believe that, you know, it's a pendulum and the pendulum swinging in a certain direction at the moment. At some point it will level out and hopefully in the future, sometime soon in the future, we'll just be enjoying a level of acceptance without needing to prove ourselves um, as individuals but also as corporations. Like I'm looking forward to a time where it is all just leveled out and it's all just normalised and this is just the hard road that it takes to to get there. Mm, yeah, we'll get there eventually in yeah. time, hopefully. But, yeah, it was a really good detail, like I noticed with watching it, just seeing the pink dollars there, just being like, I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay, good, because <laughs> there are metaphors hidden everywhere in lots of my songs, but especially this one, and um, I was worried that people wouldn't get it, but they do, clearly. Yeah, that, that, it is good. It's a really clever, like, way of, like, taking, like, that same message and everything and just, like, putting it into another medium and stuff. And, yeah, I just think... Well, I do. I like do filming as filmmaking as well, so I really love seeing those kind of metaphors in film and stuff like that. So it's really clever. <laughs> Thank you. It's a nice little treat for people to like be able to read into. I almost didn't want to talk too much about it online at, at first because I want people to make what they make of it first. Mm. Yeah, and like that's a gift. Themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So what was it like, sort of like skating Newton for a shoot this time and everything? Like, what was that like? Well, I moved, I actually moved to Sydney on a whim at the beginning of 2020 when the pandemic began because I was meant to go back to LA, but um, my flight was a month after the pandemic started. So, and luckily I didn't go there and get stuck there, but I was stuck in country Victoria with my mum, which was blissful in ways, but she was also the only person who didn't know I was queer. And I had to, I felt a, a duty to come out. Um, I was the classic case of waiting for the right person to come along to introduce to my mum because she is very conservative and I thought that would be the good way to do it. But I also now don't believe in coming out like as a concept, you know, I don't think that we need to do that. So the only thing I would have changed about that is when she was asking about a girl that I was talking to every day during the um, that period of time and instead of like coming out with it, I would have just said that I'm seeing that girl. And so that was, that went as terribly as I had expected and it created a very tense energy in the house. And so I thankfully had one of my close friends, Sebastian, who lives in Newtown, offer to have me live with him. And he was also alone in his house. So we always say that we saved each other, which is really sweet. But yeah, I just packed my car and drove to Newtown when there were really low cases, but really high paranoia and everyone was in their houses and no one was on the street. And I had a beautiful, I've never driven that long on my own before, but I spent, I think, eight hours of the drive on the phone to people that I love and listening to podcasts and music. And it was a really special memory that I will always remember with such sentiment and meaning. And I arrived in Newtown at this beautiful house where I live and I haven't looked back. So yeah, it must've been really nice to like shoot a clip there and especially one where you are just like skating around the area. Yeah. Newtown means so much to me because I even, when I was in a punk band in my think from the age of 16 to 19 we would tour a lot and we would walk up and down King Street and 
I was in love with the guitarist who's one of my best friends and <laughs> these old dykes would walk past us and I was like, I would say, that's like me and you. And, um, I, yeah, I just remember feeling so impressed and in admiration of King Street when I was young because it seemed so progressive and so queer. And not much has changed. It's definitely been gentrified, sadly, quite a bit, but it still has that, it's holding on for dear life, that spirit. Um, and I think that's largely due to Newtown High School and a lot of the mum and pop um, independent shops that are still there and still able to thrive because people are still sh- buying vintage clothes and things like that. And But, you know, in Melbourne, there are a few streets like that. In Sydney, there's just the one. And so I find it, I just feel so in love with King Street and, and in support of like wanting to keep its spirit alive. And there's a saying, keep Newtown weird. And actually, I got a tattoo of something I saw on the street just carved into a tile because... I love King Street, so I feel so dedicated to it, even though I'm not even from that area, but I just want to help in keeping the spirit there. And so this video was actually an ode to King Street. Oh, it's, like it's, it's been a very important part of your life, so that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's really cool that you've even got a tattoo with it. Like, I was, I was looking at that before, actually thinking, like, that's a really cool design. <laughs> yeah, I just saw it on the street. Thank you, Thank you King Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, also love with the clip, like the, like camp humor is so good. Um, mm. even just like some of the transitions and wipes and stuff, the timing is just like had me cracking up. Um, and yeah, we talked about some of the themes before and you could obviously approach those in probably a more like serious tone. Um, so yeah, what made you want to like approach the clip with a really, that kind of like humor? I think I always try and splice humor into everything that I do because I think that the world is lacking in joy and people taking the piss of themselves. <laughs> and that's what I want to give with this project in particular. Um, and luckily, Tilly and Steph, who helped me make the video, totally get that. And they also have a similar aesthetic. And so a lot of those ideas, like the wipes and the transitions and the camp humour, were Tilly and Steph's ideas. So um, I was just really keen to, to have them say yes, because I knew that they would really bring it to life in that way. Yeah, awesome. That's amazing. It's really it's really cool to see. Like, I loved the camp vibe of it and everything. It was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, so in 2019, your live set was, like, really ramping up. You were, like, bringing in background dancers and, like, choreography. And then, obviously, there's been some, some stuff that's happened in between. Um, but you've been kind of getting back into touring again this year and shows. So, yeah, how has that kind of been for you? Um, it was a nice break, to be honest, because I have been doing music professionally since I was 15, but also beyond then, like trained in singing and dancing and doing talent quests in Perth and I was just kind of like a backup for my sister who is a performer and so having a break for two years was blissful for me and I actually got writer's block for the first time in my life which was also manageable um I mean I wanted to make songs with like the devastation and trauma that I felt but I also really enjoyed just giving myself a break. Um, and thankfully it's all come back. Uh, and dancing, yeah, has been, is so joy giving and I wanted to continue. Well, I think that the evolution of what I'm doing in my pop project is that I just am making it more and more pop with time. (laughs) Um, and that is definitely something that I've done with intention. And so, and I think it's just funny. So I've got an even, I've got two dancers now instead of the one dancer that I had before the pandemic. And I think I may even get like a um, headset mic and, you know, like I'm just <laughs> trying to make it as pop as possible at the moment. 
because I think it's funny, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the, not the best motivation, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming on to Loud and Queer. Um, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you coming to the show. 100%. Uh, yeah, where can people find you online and kind of keep up? Well, I just made my website live the other day, which is chelaetc.com, C-H-E-L-A-E-T-C.com, and you can find everything from there. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on and everything. And yeah, if you guys are listening, definitely check out the new single, check out the music video and just give Chella all the support you can get. <laughs> thank you both. Um, anything else you'd want to add before we wrap up? No, just everyone be, um, I, I would love to hear anybody's feedback in if this song translated for them and if they felt the same way, because I've started hearing stories which have brought a tear to my eye today and I just would love to continue having that conversation. Yeah, awesome. It's great when like pop music can kind of like resonate with people, resonate like that. with people in that way, yeah. in like such different ways as well. And it just means that I know that it's working, that it's helping people. So yeah, for sure. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.